Welcome back to season three of the Product Marketing Experts podcast. Today, I am so excited to have with me Natala Menezes, the global head of product marketing at Grammarly. Natala has had an incredible career in product marketing, and I am so excited to chat with her today. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. That's Clue with a K, the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers who drive revenue for their business. Clue helps you collect, curate, and distribute competitive insights to enable sales and revenue teams to win more deals. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. Natala, welcome to the podcast. I think everyone has a little bit of a different path getting into product marketing, and I would love to hear a little bit about yours and how you found your way to product marketing, especially at some of the amazing companies you've been at. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. So my path to product marketing was definitely not a straight road. I actually started on the syndication team at Google a very long time ago, 2002, figuring out how we would get Google products and services off of google.com. And what I learned in that experience was that one, I really love to think about how technology works and how the pieces come together. But what I really love is telling the stories of products and why they have an impact on people and how people can leverage technology to improve their lives. As a result, I sort of pursued a path in what I would call storytelling marketing, working with product managers to figure out how to really bring life into the products that we were bringing to market. Back then, there wasn't as clear definition around what product marketing actually is or was. And I kind of floated between different product management, user experience, and marketing roles. And as I sort of honed my career working at both big companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon, and also spending some time in startups where you play a lot of different hats, I really saw that where I loved working was that intersection of how a product is built and how it goes to market and how do you sort of operate as an evangelist within an organization, but then also a storyteller to the market. And it's been a wild ride and I completely love it. And now I get to feel very confident in saying what my craft is. That's incredible. I think every product marketer listening to this could resonate with the fact that everyone's had a bit of a wild ride, some more so than others. And your experience and your journey is truly remarkable. And like you were talking about a little bit, being a storyteller to the market, understanding the market, really bringing products to the market and seeing how that functions. I want to talk a little bit about product launches. As we've now mentioned a few times, you've been at some truly remarkable companies. Can you walk me through a little bit about how you think about launch strategy and go-to-market process at Grammarly and maybe what some of the lessons you've taken from your experience at companies prior. Sure. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned taking products to market is that it's really a two-sided coin. One side is really what you're doing in market with your customers. That's what the world sees. And that's about all about having a really compelling product vision, story or narrative, messaging, and reasons to believe, reasons to buy. In a lot of ways, that part of product launches, I think many of us understand very well because it's very customer-facing. But the other side of the coin is all of the stuff that happens inside an organization to bring the team together to actually launch a product. 
And for me personally, that's the part that I really love. And I think what has made me love product marketing so much is that it really is the intersection point of all these different parts of the organization. And as a product marketer, you think about how do you bring the engineering and product organization into the way in which the marketing channels and sort of the marketing machine really works for a product launch, but then also aligning with how you actually touch your customers through acquisition campaigns or through a sales organization. And so those two sides really, I think, are critical to think about differently. In particular, within an organization on the internal side, it's so much about stakeholder management, alignment, getting clear go, no, grow criteria. But also, I think it's important to think about the momentum inside the organization. Will you hit your tactical product goals are almost as important as is the organization excited and aligned and ready to launch something that might have a, to some extent, big and somewhat unknown impact on the organization. And I think there's a lot of change management that's part of product launches and also just a lot of negotiation and alignment to actually make the magic happen. For sure. And making that magic happen is what we all do here in product marketing, right? And bridging that gap between those two distinct functions can be a challenge, right? Let's dive into each of those individually. Like on the customer facing side, I think you're right. I do think that side comes a bit more naturally to a lot of product marketers or product marketing teams or leaders. But how do you think about that process, some of the go, no-go decisions and how you really align the storytelling within Grammarly to ensure that like you're telling this broader message that all fundamentally aligns? When I think about what makes product launches the most successful, it really comes to having a distinct story that you're bringing to market, but also having the context of what's happening in the market. So if you're very visionary, bringing context into the world in which we are today and how the vision that you're going towards might shift or change it, it is really important to think about that context. I think when I am working on a product launch and when I'm guiding my team on launches, we actually spend a big time upfront on that narrative and story. At Amazon, we used a process called working backwards, which would start with the press release. And we would really think about what would the quotes that a customer would say? What would an analyst or a press person care about? And why is it significant? And that sort of sets a very high bar for how we thought about what we were actually bringing to market and most importantly, the customer impact. Now, translating that into product and making sure that the product that really ships delivers on those reasons to believe and the value that you want your customer to have is sort of the intricacy of actually doing an effective launch. For sure. So at my time at HubSpot, we adopted at least pieces of this Amazon framework. And I know a, a number of other product marketing leaders have, but I think based off your experience at Amazon, can you talk a little bit more about like, how do you bridge that gap or, or how have you maybe done it at Grammarly or just other places as well? Because I think those intricacies are really important and I don't think they're talked about enough in product marketing or the broader go-to-market landscape. Within my personal launch practice, I've only been at Grammarly for a couple of months now. So we're still building out this practice. I actually really like to start with a pretty large organization-wide workshop around messaging and positioning that kind of does two things. One, it lays out the market context. So what is the landscape? Who are the key players? What are their messages? What are they saying in market? What is the news that's being covered? So everyone has an understanding of what we're going into or the situation within the market in a deeper way. And then I bring a cross-functional team. So that's the 
the engineer who built it and their team, the product managers, the people who are going to write the lifecycle emails, all of those different people come together to talk about what they think the story should be. And that workshop, the goal actually is to get all the differing opinions and perspectives in the organizations out in the open. There's oftentimes a lot of insight in nuggets of other people's brains and not in the product marketers. And truly what I think the best product marketers do is synthesize, analyze, and bring that story to life by piecing the parts that are most impactful together. So we do this workshop, everyone fills out this single slide on what they think the story should be, who they think the target market should be, and why they presented it. Depending on how many people are in the workshop, they present it in a small group. That small group sort of aligns on what they think their best one or most interesting one sometimes is. We kind of like to lean into controversial at this stage because the differing opinions help us figure out how to get true distinction. Then the product marketer takes all of these inputs and synthesizes them into a single cohesive narrative, which then outputs into a messaging positioning document. There's a series of socialization with key stakeholders who give feedback and then another revision to that document. And then to some extent, the goal is that the messaging and positioning would lock. Actually, what happens is that you get your positioning clearly identified and then you start thinking about messaging by your audience segments as sort of a next wave of work. Amazing. And that really is a smart way of just getting everything out on the table fairly early on, right? And ensuring that everyone's opinion is heard and everyone's thoughts are heard. Maybe jumping over to the other side of the house, and maybe it's similar. Similar, right? Which is that kind of alignment piece around organizational alignment around the launch itself. And maybe it's similar to what you just said, but I think it probably pulls in more go-to-market teams as well. How are you ensuring that the organizational alignment is really strong and that product marketing can really best be that glue between a whole bunch of teams as you lead up to a big product launch? I think one of the things you have to do within a product marketing organization when you spearhead these big launch moments, which are often very meaningful for your company, is to also set expectations really well. And that means having the conversation early on in a product's life cycle around what tier of launch it will have and how it will actually go to market. So there's an understanding of if this is a tier one strategic launch, it's going to get the CEO to talk about it. We're going to have tier one PR and then going through your different tiers to make sure that the organization understands the different ways in which different products might launch. Once you have that recognition of what the book of work will be and what the targets and goals are, you can then assemble that crack team that figures out all the puzzle pieces that need to move forward. And that oftentimes means aligning different organizations to an agreed upon goal that they then execute in somewhat of an independent way, but report back to the leadership team so that we can make clear decisions on go, no go. For sure. That autonomy will really allow people to feel a sense of ownership. And for any PMMs on the team will really allow, I think, at least phenomenal individuals to thrive in, in a great environment. Talk to me a little bit about that go no good decision, because there's probably not a week or a month that goes by that I don't personally get a few emails or messages on various platforms that's like, hey, how do you make this decision? So I'm curious how you think about that, right? You've now mentioned that a few times. How do you think about making that go no go decision? And I'm sure it's different per launch, but how do you think about that a little bit more holistically? What I think is most important in Gonoco criteria is not having only product features and engineering deadlines covered. So really understanding what is the product that you want to ship and what does it go in terms of product readiness look like is obviously essential, but also understanding things like six weeks before the actual launch, we need to start doing briefings to PR. So that actually becomes a deadline in your go no go criteria because if the product's not ready or is not on a path to readiness at the six weeks out deadline, 
go is very difficult to make when you have to rely a little bit on confidence. I also think it's important to have some priority weighting of what are the things that can be cut from a marketing plan or modified and how much where there's the most thrash is when the product starts as one thing and then through the engineering development process becomes a slightly different version of that thing. And it's a natural process. Every product should be defined and built and pitched with the dreamiest version of its possible life. I think that's how we build the most amazing products. But the reality is that product development is a complicated thing with lots of unknowns. And sometimes the product that you end up building is slightly different than what you intended or a key feature set or integration doesn't happen in time for the actual launch itself. And so identifying upfront what the actual criteria is in terms of product readiness and then operating readiness and having those as peers in the decision of a go, no go, I think it's really critical. And it's oftentimes not clearly articulated what the parts of the go, no criteria are that are outside of engineering and product. And so what I try to really drive for is what's the holistic list in order to achieve our big picture goals, which might include press or activations at an event or conference, very, very clear in the go, no criteria. And in theory, you don't have just one go, no go meeting. You have multiple gates along the way that indicate what you're trending because then you can calibrate and adjust. Agree. Yeah. I think it really comes into play as a part of the entire go-to-market launch process, right? As you go through, hopefully early on, the positioning and messaging exercise, and as the product is developing in parallel, right, you can start to have some of these broader go-to-market meetings and be talking about this go-no-go decision all along the entire process. Absolutely. I think those conversations help the team gel, actually. And when you have hard conversations as an organization, if you're aligned and everyone's supporting each other, they're actually bringing the team together in getting something done versus creating fractions. For sure. And let's talk about that for one or two minutes here, which is, I think a lot of product marketing leaders I've talked to, a lot of product marketers that I've talked to do have that division, so to speak, within their organization where product's goals are distinct from product marketing's goals, or there's just something dividing those two teams or even just other teams within the broader go-to-market group. How have you solved for that and glued those groups back together and really aligned those groups? Because I think all too often, some of that is left unspoken and you get fairly far enough in the launch process where it's really hard to repair at that point. So curious how you have addressed that as a part of your launch process and your career in product marketing. Sure. You know, when I think about how to make a launch successful, it actually really starts well before the product is actually decided to be launched. It comes from the day-to-day relationships and the way in which product marketing is integrated with product. And where I think you have the most impact is bringing two things to the conversation of what product are we going to build? And that's what's the market opportunity, the market landscape, and really knowing the market trends and bringing insights to the product design team. And then also representing the customer. And representing the customer is all about having deep, specific knowledge from actually talking to customers so that you have quotes that you can share that really bring the customer to life. When there's a deep nesting between product marketing and product early on in the product development life cycle, I find that launches themselves are just actually a next step in that process. And it's not where the relationship is beginning. And that to me, 
me it's had the most profound impact on having more successful product launches. We saw this a lot at Salesforce where there were times when my very small agile team of three or four people at the time was supporting 65 product managers. There's just no way to stay on top of everything that 65 product managers are doing when you have sort of like a three to 15 ratio. But what you can do is be deeply integrated in the early planning processes, share templates that ask people to help define what the benefits of their products are. And then it turns out you can work at scale because you've set up an infrastructure, a partnership, and sometimes the product manager might do the first cut so that the product marketer is an editor. And it actually really worked very well. And we felt like a team. And I think that's actually the most important part of it is that when you see fragmentation, it's because they don't feel like they're on the same team. 100%. And there's so much wisdom in everything you just said. And launch truly shouldn't feel, or at least that moment of the launch shouldn't feel like this major milestone event in the sense that it's distinct. It should feel truly like the next step. And I love that, that framing of it, because that relationship needs to get built all along the road before it and not just in that moment. Otherwise, you're going to naturally run into some challenges. Maybe like as you think about supporting that many product managers and staying connected to the customer, how are you prioritizing the kind of launch efforts that are going on with the broader work that's being requested of product marketing? It's always a challenge. And I think where product marketing organizations often get into trouble is when they become launch organizations and not product marketing organizations. And the difference being they're really focused on what's new and how to inform customers of what product is shipping or what's changing. In an ideal scenario, product marketers are also doing product messaging planning and storytelling throughout the year and thinking about not only newness, but adoption and deepening existing features, benefits to customers. Part of it is headcount. Like you need to have enough people for coverage because launches will always be a priority. It's how you actually keep momentum in market. But the bread and butter aspects of doing great customer research, understanding your customers, talking to them, understanding their habits and practices is essential for product marketers to be great at the narrative development and customer knowledge aspects that are essential for their differentiation within the org. And I think one of the challenges for product marketers is figuring out what they can say yes to and what they can say no to. And oftentimes it means bundling launches versus having them as independent moments so that you can have more capacity, particularly if you're in a smaller under-resourced team, you can have more capacity to take on some of the market opportunity, storytelling, narrative development that happens early on in the product life. So Michael. For sure. It's a challenge I've recently faced at my current company and have certainly faced before in my career. And it's just one that I think every product marketing team and product marketing leader faces somewhere along their life cycle as teams grow. But that resourcing piece is, is so crucial. And oftentimes the pendulum does swing a little bit, at least in my experience, between being kind of launch focused and being more centered as truly product marketing, I think. And there's no right or wrong there per se, as long as you don't keep it in one of those directions for too long. Absolutely. I think there's such opportunity for partnership. And oftentimes I think that the role of a product marketer is really as a team leader that brings people together. They're just really meant to bring the whole organization and rally them in a lot of ways. 100%. You talked a little bit about your team in that last piece, and we'd love to talk a little bit more about your team. Can you tell me just a little bit about your team at Grammarly? Grammarly is an incredible organization and incredible tool that I've certainly used. I definitely don't have perfect grammar myself, but we'd love to hear a little bit more about the team at Grammarly and how you think about that. 
Absolutely. So at Grammarly, we are in an amazing space with our product marketing organization. We have a small but mighty team that has been building the product and taking it to market over the last few years. But we're now at this really interesting inflection point as a company where we move from being a growth organization to a scaled organization. And that really reflects the adoption that we're seeing within the professional and student market. Grammarly today plays an essential role for people and how they communicate and how they're effective in their communication. And that deep product usage and excitement from our customer base has really grown the business in a way in which I think I've never seen something grow quite like this. And it's an exciting time to be there. But as a result, we're trying to massively grow the team at the same time. I think I currently have 10 open headcount for amazing roles in mobile product marketing. We also have people on our B2B team that we're looking for who have like deeper work experience with sales and marketing or sales and engineering teams. And it's just an exciting team to be at Grammarly. I think when you are in that shift from growth where everyone is kind of figuring out how do we get this machine to really work and making the shift to scale when now we have that deep product market fit and the flywheel is really moving forward, we now have to figure out how do we resource and make sure that we have an opportunity to take advantage of all the low-hanging fruit and then also create new opportunities. It's a really exciting time to be on the team. For sure. Yeah, I can echo that based off just my career in product marketing as well. There's no better time to be on a product marketing team than where you're at at Grammarly. And it's more or less where I'm at in my current organization as well. So for anyone listening to this, if you're looking for your next product marketing role, definitely check out Grammarly. Natala, as we're wrapping up here, one question that I've been asking everyone this season, and you've been at some incredible organizations, as I've mentioned, I'm sure you've had some incredible influences in folks that you've worked with throughout all of these organizations. but What's like one maybe lesson or thing that you've learned that's really served you well in your career from maybe a colleague or a mentor or a manager or even just a friend? And maybe could you share just a little bit more about that? I think the most meaningful thing in my career has been the relationships. And it's an interesting balance of going to work and getting amazing work done, but it's so much more fun when you make friends in that process. And I think about the people in the organization, the product leaders and the mentors that I've had, but also just the peers that I've worked with who have helped me become a better marketer and a better coworker in a lot of ways have actually had the most profound impact on me as a human. And I think also have pushed my storytelling. When you have deep personal relationships, you get unvarnished feedback from your friends and that makes you better at everything that you do. And so if there's one piece of advice I have, it's to really find one or two people that you work with, that you can have a deep friendship with. And that friendship will serve you personally, but I think it also has a huge impact on the quality of your work. Completely agree. And well said, those relationships will extend beyond, at least in my experience, beyond a single organization that you're at as well, which truly, you know, I think just goes a long way personally and professionally for every product marketer or regardless whether you're in product marketing or not, it goes a long way just as well. So, well, thank you so much for your time, Natala. I appreciate all of your time and expertise and wisdom that you've shared here with me and the listeners here. Any final words that you wanted to share or anything that you're doing that you want to point people to online? First of all, I just want to say thank you. This was an awesome opportunity. You're a great host and it was a delight to have the opportunity to chat with you. Obviously, I think everyone should download the Grammarly desktop application or integrate it into Chrome or Safari. We have a free product that's really easy to use and has a big impact. I thought I was a great writer. I'm a much better writer now that I have Grammarly in my back pocket. It was a big part of the reason why I actually joined. Although there's a funny story where I was actually misspelling grammar for a very long time. So just keep that under wraps and be thankful that there's something 
something to help me not do that anymore. But other than that, have a happy Friday or whatever day it will end up be when this is posted. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Stay in the know about your competitive landscape with Clue. Share real-time insights across your organization with Clue's dynamic battle cards, delivered everywhere your sales reps live, through integrations with Salesforce, Slack, Highspot, and many more. With Clue, you'll never let your sales team be blindsided by competitors again. Crush your competition with Clue.